This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with musician, sonic improviser and arts facilitator Dan Walsh.
Sky Horse and Death with Fleeting Glimpses and Sam Perkin with an excerpt of new work in Waves. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other audio platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien, nursing a slightly sore throat this week after a weekend of shouting and roaring at Townlands Carnival. And if you're also in need of a bit of a break, we've got something for you right now for the next hour or so. We're going to be joined in studio by Fixity slash the Great Balloon Race slash the Bonk uh, musician, Cork Improvised Music Club facilitator and music teacher, general music man, Dan Walsh. Dan, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad, Mike. Thanks for having me on. You've had a busy weekend of it thus far. While it's been kind of busy enough down here regarding festivals this weekend, next week, you were on the road last week up the country with The Bonk. How did that play out for you? Oh, it was great. It's always a lot of fun. Always. Where were you off to this weekend? <clears throat> uh, we were playing in the Thomas House in Dublin on Friday with Strength and um, Junior Brother. Is that is that how Strength NIA is, is pronounced? Just Strength? Hmm. I don't know. Because he always builds himself a Strength NIA and he just yeah. builds himself a Strength. I don't know. It's I like just saying Strength. I mean, it's a great it's band name. Such, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It makes sense to just say Strength, I think. I don't know. I read it as strength and I and I say it as strength. As strength, yeah. And I think does he say it as strength as well? I think so. Yeah. I feel like that. It's an odd one. Yeah. But you're not too far removed from festival season yourself. Yeah. Uh your ensemble, the Council for the Dark Arts Orchestra, just finished the Bulmer stage over at Body and Soul. We were talking to Mr. K about it a couple of weeks ago. Yourself, you were kind of the organizer of the whole uh deal. What's it like to kind of corral 15 to 18 different musicians at any one given time uh, and lead them in that kind of musical conversation it's fairly fairly mental (laughs) it's pretty it is full on kind of organising it just kind of keeping in touch with that many people coming running up to something trying to make sure that everybody knows what they need to know in order to be able to relax when they get there you know that's like because that's the level I, I wanted at so if I can't, or yeah, it's pressure. It's something. It was completely unknown to me, like doing things like this and like organizing things that, with that many people, at least. And it just kind of, it just happened, and now it's happening, and now yeah. it's happening for all of us. And it's going to be more of it happening. Absolutely, yeah. Unreal. It's kind of, I think it. It's that's one of these projects that is now ongoing, you know. And I don't see ends to these things. We'll go a little further into forward-thinking music momentarily, but let's kind of roll it back a little bit to your own musical education. You've been sessioning around Cork City for the bones of over a decade now, really. Kind of take us through your journey into Cork's musical core, shall we say. Um, Initially, like, I was just playing, like, up in Mayfield with the lads that were around who played who were into the same things my friends and all that and then like when I started to skate that's when kind of being interested in music was really like a heavy thing that was like I don't know it became even more fruitful because it's it was all just people from different places that were yeah. meeting up to skate I found that really like excited me and then I, when I went to college or I suppose like when I was gigging first then I was playing with people that were much older than me like straight away I was playing blues in bars like when I was like 17 and that was kind of like a schooling like so 
you'd get a call last minute. Didn't know any of the tunes. I had been playing drums a year. And they're like, do you know a Texas Shuffle? And I say, what's a Texas Shuffle? And they say, both hands and count, on, count off the tune and you have to go. Yeah. So it was really like, early on, it was just fairly like, kind of, let's just, we have to play now. It's time to play. Let's play. You know. And that's going to really beat the discipline into you regarding, you know, not only your frame of reference and, and, and the amount of skills that you kind of take on, but also, you know, your flexibility. Like, having that amount of... I suppose having that amount of versatility as a player or being able to kind of understand the vernacular enough to give people what they want is going to inform your style of play then when you transition over to original music and jamming yeah. with other people. And I mean... You play in a lot of different projects, but you've always played in a lot of different projects. You've all, as as long as I've known you, as long as I've seen yeah. you at shows, you've always been kind of hectic with four or five other projects. Yeah. Kind of. How did you transition out of that scene and into playing original music around Cork City, circa your college time? Um, I was always kind of. I didn't really, I didn't really matter what I was doing once I was playing. I didn't really think like, if it's original music that's more worthwhile or like playing because stuff is more worthwhile because all of it was just trying to learn from it mm. you know so like every musical situation I was just trying to eat up what I could out of it and be playing and it was important to not wait till I was finished college to think of myself as a, as a working musician yeah for me because I don't know it was just like if you wait around thinking you're going to be ready you're never going to be ready so mm. it's time to it's always time to get the head down and just try and learn and keep going. So that was always the incentive of like playing in different groups because you get different perspectives from everybody and whatever. You get different challenges from different styles. And Even if you're playing music that's not original, you can get into the tradition and learn so such deep things from, from like the traditions that you're playing. Even yeah. if it's like pub gigs playing blues, you get really deep stuff out of that if you study the music. So... Mm. But like there's value in all of it and then I suppose as I started to have my own ideas I was more kind of like curious about what I could make with other people you know and, and like kind of more f focused on that and um, the great balloonist was kind of a thing for that like I was I was pretty much like a player like a working player musician like just kind of not writing or anything yeah or involved in writing and the lads like just like asked me to go for a jam and I had time and they seemed really cool even though I knew Paddy Cullen I didn't know the other two lads but that was kind of like in my head that's like the start of kind of being like oh things can be real nice yeah. and you can be real free and like not worry about alright oh, that means you can not worry about a lot of things you know so that was kind of like boom more curiosity then you know in a different direction like and indeed, you have taken your curiosity in different directions while maintaining that session player mentality. Among other outfits that you session for around the Cork scene would have been dearly departed shoegazers, Elastic Sleep. How did that come about? And what was it like to kind of drop in as that band was kind of beginning to garner momentum for themselves? I mean, they had they had put out Leave You by yeah. the time you just started playing with them. Uh, just kind of takes into your experience playing with... Um, we're in, in the lads. It was really, it was like a really great thing to to like to do because I learned an incredible amount from it. Because I was falling, I was going into a band that like was the concept was fully 
like formed and pretty much realized and like ready to go so I was joining like after the concept you know what I mean mm. so that that was something new to me and that I I learned from and like yeah how I how I got into it was I was playing loads of music with the lads you know when we were jamming and like just in a totally natural way like that you know it's just like we were all not in college together as such but we were all around the same kind of stuff mm. at that time so it was like yeah, it was a really natural thing and like it was really it kind of grew and the record happened <clears throat> very fast and that was like very exciting you know and the gigs were completely different to a lot of gigs I've done you know so yeah it was valuable valuable thing that experience would go on to inform what you've done subsequently with improvised music with bands like Fixity Not Earth etc and we'll talk about that in just a wee while but first off uh, Dan you've selected a playlist for us for this week's episode and coming up first you have Catherine Sikora with uh, Speedbag Swivel yeah Catherine Sikora is an expert saxophonist and someone very important just in general in terms of improvisers um, she's a big deal you know it's gonna be a bit mad that she's been gigging around Cork as of late wasn't she supporting Demo Suzuki yeah I mean like and I hope he was supporting her too Everyone's, we hope that everyone supports <laughs> any Cork resident musician um, listening to this podcast Declan Sinnott also coming in with a soft container this is off of a, a succession of experimental improvisational and field recording recordings that he has made in the past uh, the past number of years really he's been kind of doing it at a slow pace yeah I think it's yeah it's just incredibly it's like really experiential music to listen to mm. and it's it's amazing how some of it can be can feel so so incredibly human given the tools that he's using yeah. it's, it's just like something that makes it just massages my brain like I love it we'll subject you to a brain massage momentarily but first this is Catherine Sikora with Speedbag Swivel here on Red on Red <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Declan Sinnott with Soft Container here on Red on Red. We're back in studio with Music Man Supreme, Dan Walsh. And before we went to music, we were talking a little bit about your time with Elastic Sleep, Great Balloon Race and other projects that were educational to you. Sorry. And other projects that were important to your development as a musician. The next step has arguably come forth uh, with you being at the head of both collaborative and individual project Fixity, uh, which began as sonic exploration with different collaborators, then a rotating group of collaborators and even differing lineups, yeah. and now even the introduction of a solo show, uh, which we'll see at Mallow Arts Festival this weekend at 3pm on the 28th uh, at St. James's Church. But um, how did you happen across Fixity in the first place? Because it's never like you go out with the grand intention of doing something big I think it was just like an accumulation of learning from different band leaders and just kind of like finding different ways that things were done and then from that kind of whittling down the ideal for me you know so it's like each person would have a way that they'd see it mm. that would that would align with their their kind of like musical approach you know so as an improviser it's kind of a problem that you have to figure out to try and or like you know it's a question that you have to figure out like how much how much complete and utter freedom will there be and how much like guided um, compositional force will there be so it was kind of like this thing where I didn't want it I just wanted a, a situation in which everybody could bring what they had and I wanted to set up something where like there was kind of enough information to retain compositions and then enough uh, room for everybody to very much be able to get get what they need to say out of you know and just encourage others so it was very like group minded you know it was it was the intention the whole time was to try and form this kind of like this group that would be changing would be fluid but would retain this concept and that pe people could be welcome in and out of when they when they were available this kind of thing and how has that kind of worked out for you and that obviously a lot of musicians around you are very busy and aside from their own projects have everything else kind yeah. of in mind um, to the point where you've retained you know a succession of regular musicians mm -hmm. you have obviously your, your lineup of uh, collaborators from Sweden that we'll talk about in a wee bit but uh, has it been difficult to kind of hang on to people for extended runs of shows, etc., coming from the Cork scene, for example? Um, there's a f there's there's just a lot of people that I want to play with as well. So mm. it's like there's not really and there's not really a huge amount of pressure, let's say, on the musicians to have to be there because I'll work with it, whatever's there. You know, mm. like we've done setups where it's been. Um, it's been just like organ, sax and drums no bass, no guitar it's just like there's different configurations that we can do so I'll, I'll make it work you know and like it doesn't the, the way the music is written it doesn't require a specific instrumentation um, and that's really important f to me so like yeah. I can yeah I can adapt it and know for sure that it's never going to be the same twice you know and just be comfortable with that and admit that and just like it, it kind of gives the, the surprise 
back at us, you know. Like we're as surprised as, as the as the audience is at any given event. And having developed a solo show, that takes the you know, the idea to its logical conclusion that music can work in any kind of context that it's provided. Mm. How do you boil it down to absolute zero within yourself as a as a performer and as a composer for a solo event? Um, I just I'm going I play the tunes, you know. So I've written some I've written all these tunes that they go into this thing called fixity, and then once once those tunes are being played, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's fixed, you know. That's what it is. And it's once that concept of kind of like. You know, it's inter- it's interesting with the solo thing because I'm completely obsessed with interaction, and that's like the thing that I, that's what I'm chasing, and that's what brings me to the places where I, where I want to go. You know, yeah. but um, the solo thing is, it's interesting because I'm basically just interacting with instruments. Yeah. You know, and what they give back to me, or I'm interacting with some um, machines, and what can I get back out of them? It's it's a different type of interaction, so. It's a completely new thing for me. It'll be my second ever show on my own in any context ever. So it's interesting. And again, like I'm just interested to see what I can learn from it. Speaking of collaboration, though, you have a regular ongoing collaboration with some jazz musicians in, is it Malmo? In, yeah, they're based in Malmo, yeah. Um, Emil Nurstrand and the lads. Yeah. How did that come together in the first place? And how do you kind of pursue that working relationship kind of with the distance that's involved um, we just play together every possible time that we can because we love playing together and that's um, that's fundamentally how we how it's possible you know um, I'm they want to play as much as I want to play there's, there's there's people in Ireland that are involved in Fixity and they want to play you know and like that's really inspiring for me because it's like I have so much respect for these people and I'm huge fans of theirs you know and like whether that that's anybody who's in, in, involved you know and anybody I work with I'm just like really I'm really excited about all these people like so that kind of that will encourage you to just get it done you know yeah and with Emil in particular we've been playing together for years you know and we play yeah we just play as much as we can and it's definitely always like two or three times a year we'll get together in either Cork or Malmo and it'll be jazz gigs or it'll be fixie gigs you know we'll just get it done so that we can play together because it's an important it's just an important musical relationship that we that we um, have to preserve and nobody else is going to tell us it's important so yeah just get it done the lads appear on Fixity's first formal studio album and I say formal studio album because there's been a number of capturings and recordings of live sets prior there's been a number of self-recorded um, albums kind of numbered more so than named before The Things in the Room was released on double album uh, via Albert Toomey's Penske label what is the difference I suppose between knowing that you're going to make something rough and ready and then at the same time bring in the the core ideas behind earlier compositions and placing them in a quote-unquote final form mm. uh, for a double LP with these musicians. Or do, what does that say to your attitude as to whether or not a song is finished or not? Um, a song is finished when you're finished playing the song. And if you commit from the start, 
and you're committed until the end then you've played a song you know that's as far as I'm concerned and like those are compositions that existed that the lads like Niels Anderson and Friedrich Person who I literally met the day before we recorded that that Emil sourced to play some fixed music when I got to Sweden and those guys took it into their own hands and like played absolutely the way that they play and like it was my role to make sure that they knew that they were allowed to do that and that we enjoyed it and once that was happening we just needed we just needed to play and we just did each tune did one take and that was it and we know I mean like I say before we play that it's going to be one take we know that it's one take you know everybody knows that you get that, that amount of time so as, as long as there's a complete take that's it you know um, and that's really exciting and it's exciting to just step back when you're done and value that amount of time that you just spent on the earth doing a thing you know and just consider it valuable and walk away Was there any edits taken to it or was it all one take no. one take down yeah it's live yeah. it's what you want yeah it's a band playing yeah. it's just like yeah it's the way I love to do it because it's, because of that you can't question yourself you just gotta go you gotta be okay with what just happened and how was it to work with uh, Albert on the release of Things in the Room it was amazing Albert's like someone I have huge respect for you know like give him a kick him being like responsible for that happening is responsible for a lot of why I got so excited at a certain age about thinking that Irish people can do this shit too you know like we can just do this too and it's so powerful and I was like listening to After Driving and then I heard Give a Man a Kick and I was just like this is all this is happening everywhere you know that was really important and then years later finding out that Albert was kind of like egging them on and just like making sure that that happened and then for him to want to support something I'm doing was like a really big deal for me it was just like super spaced out trying to think about it you know just like weird it's one of the things where you, you know? think about it too much it would freak you out yeah it's just cool though. I'm just delighted like, it's so it, I, I, yeah he's, he's, he's really like a champion of, of like people that need, need that just little thing mm. that will just like really really help them and he just thinks that it's nothing like, you know he's just like yeah sure what else would I be doing you know and that's like he's super excited about stuff and when you're working really hard you, you kind of forget to get excited yeah because you're just like what's the next thing you know mm. but then someone kind of grabs you and goes here listen I really love this and I'm going to help so it's just kind of yeah it's it's really it's really it was a great thing to happen like you know every scene needs an Uncle Albert really and we are really lucky to have him I saw him lad in Cork City fairness when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit about other uh, directions in music to directly paraphrase Fixity's tagline. Uh, but first, we go to more new music. Uh, you've got Arthritis, the man from Lucon 5, with a tune of his called Owls. Yeah, this is, it's a really beautiful piece of music. And it's from, um, it's from a collection that you can get on Bandcamp. It's called The Worst Of. And uh, he just, he, he's got so much music coming out of him really like and it's he's he's ever changing and it's just really it's interesting to watch and it's 
it's really uh, yeah it's inspiring and you've got Morning Veils with Lily yeah this is it's a really beautiful song from their um, from their album Her Kind I was really I was which I was very very lucky to be involved in recording just putting some mics in front of them um, trying to just capture it and it was like something I'll never forget was there much quote unquote production involved just letting like it's always just making sure people know that they're allowed to be themselves and then you make sure that it's recording and then just take it away the magic of the moment <laughs> yeah. some morning veils there momentarily but first arthritis with owls here on red on red
Morning Veils with Lily here on Red on Red. Still joined in studio by Dan Walsh. And Dan, earlier on in the discussion, we were talking a little bit about your time with the Great Balloon Race and how you kind of slipped into their kind of psyche, fuzzy, jazzy world Mm. from that obsessioning. And that's been a real constant throughout your body of work has been appearing with the Great Balloon Race. Last year, they put down their second LP, uh, Gently Gently, which is a tape release via Canticope. What's it been like working with the lads, first of all, and then kind of on a secondary note, what was doing their second album like this time with them and what were the differences between then and now, etc.? Um, I really love making music with those guys. It's really like... It's really... It's a very easy band for us all to be in. And we, we kind of... Yeah, we're all like kids and excited when we're playing together. It's just like... Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Making that album was like, yeah, it was a big thing for us because we just had 
this batch of tunes that we knew was ready and it was just all ready and we could just we just decided okay we'll book this week and we'll do it and I recorded and mixed it up and we just tracked it all in a week and it was like it was really intense getting it done in that way because it was our kind of our ideas about it we could hear a lot of music um, for that album we knew that like we had a lot coming out of us at that time so and we just had fairly solid ideas about how we could achieve it and then yes we went in and did it in a week and then it 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 got done kind of in its own time you know um, I had to basically learn how to mix and went through like, went through like two computers in the meantime this kind of thing like normal kind of like real life album making business you know, I was like, oops, back to the start. Okay. Oh, no. Still making an album. Everything is all right. You know. Just back uh, to the start. Yeah, this kind of thing. But, uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really like a big, steep learning curve for me. Kind of like, the recording of the album was just so much fun. Like, we just, you know, it was, we got really serious and we got really, you know, equally giggly. But it was like, pretty like we were determined to do it and we knew what we were going to do um, and then mixing it was like yeah it was a process of just learning like huge amount of learning and like equally we kind of knew we, we knew what we wanted it to be and that was the first thing that we did the recording was that yeah you know and then it was just about making sure that um, the ideas carried through and that you could hear everything Mm. and I just had to learn how to do that and did that and since then we've just been writing so much more music we're going to re- record another one soon or maybe like two or something I don't know there's a lot of tunes there I was about to say like working with that group of people where you know that there's that kind of security can be the best thing in terms of dragging all those ideas out of you yeah um, and Absolutely. kind of putting them together let's put another uh, constant in your body of work and it's one that has informed your forays into art facilitation mm. uh, as well as um, improvisation you are at the helm of the Cork Improvised Music Club which is a monthly excursion into improvisation featuring different I suppose lineups of Cork improvisers different Cork improvisational outfits soloists and so forth from my recollection it kind of filled the void that was left by the demise of the drone noise and improvisation scene from the roundy maybe about seven or eight years ago and before that Stet Lab etc kind of transmuting its location to Gulf Cafe first of all before kind of returning to that scene's spiritual mm. home in the roundy yeah. what kind of gave you the idea to go ahead with Cork Improvised Music Club and what's been your take on the musical outfits that have resulted from its development as well as there's like it just came from a need to do it and I I, I needed for it to be happening and I wanted to be able to go and see gigs that were like that and just kind of, yeah, decided that I would sort it out with Jimmy that we'd try it and then, like Jimmy Horgan from Plugged Records and then kind of like through a combination of Jimmy's enthusiasm about it and my need for it it like has kept going and it's really been kind of like both of us like if I yeah I don't know it's like it's important to have people who are kind of 
on your shoulder going yeah you're right this does need to happen you know um, and just kind of being like oh it's okay like we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll get it done because I, I see the value in this also you know and since I mean it was going in, in gulp for like five more, over five years I don't know yeah I think six years or something um, first it was weekly then it was monthly then it was weekly again um, and like loads of different groups have come in and out of it like and loads of different groups that were either pre-existing and still exist or started then and have stayed like, realised kind of on the night that oh my god this is a band we just didn't know it until now you know and that it was amazing to see that happen to myself and to other people in, in equal measure I think and um, also just seeing some people who literally come together and the first conversation they have is a musical conversation because they have never met before yeah and things like that I mean it's it, it, it was hugely like fruitful you know it was really a beneficial thing for me anyway I just saw so many amazing things happen and it was kind of just dragging me along like okay yeah I'll make sure that happens because whoa all these people are like making amazing noises and it's really exciting and you know finding out more about themselves and everybody else finds out at the same time so it's really yeah it's just a fascinating thing that I love and it's kind of yeah I'm just trying to keep it keep it going What was your take then on the departure of Gulped Cafe and the subsequent need to rehome Cork Improvised Music Club obviously to be taken away from a home from so many musicians over five six years mm. you know obviously a lot of public discourse surrounding the circumstances of its closure no use in kind of talking about that now what's done is done yeah. what was your take on having to leave that home was there a consideration of kind of winding it down um, and how have you taken back to, to going back to the roundy for it I was I, basically when Jimmy found a new home he just called me and he was like let's go and we just pick up again because it's a deal we got a deal you know and it was just like I call him Commissioner Oregon because he just calls me and tells me okay we got to do this thing this happens you know unreal and um, it's kind of like that it's like there's a deal in place we're doing this thing um, yeah it's about making sure people don't forget to do the things that they want to do you know um, there was no question about keeping it going really it was just about when and, and where you know one of the regular recurring bands to have emerged from the primordial improvisational soup of the Cork Improvised Music Club has been Not Earth with yourself, Darren Keane and other collaborators working together. What has it been like to see the development of Not Earth away from Cork Improvised Music Club and to see it kind of spring off into its own thing as an attraction for gigs at festivals and outside of Cork City? Yeah, I mean, me and Mr. K and Dave Mahuna booked a gig together at Cork Improvised Music Club because we just wanted to try that mm. and see what would come out of it and um, it just happened like you know it was like really it was a really it was a really good thing that we all just like wanted to try and then we were really excited about it while it was happening and before it was happening and then after it happened we were still really excited and then we were just like okay this is a band this is just a band when are we going to play again and then we met up one day one evening and made an album that evening and then we're like okay 
30 more gigs. And then we did that again recently and we're booking more gigs, you know? So it's just like keeping it keeping it going and kind of just making sure that it's um, it uh, sounds like us three. And I think that's like, that's the main goal. It's like once it sounds like those three people playing heavy music, you know? And heavy music is correct. I mean, like, you get such intensity out of one another and just seeing you in action where one person takes the lead. Seeing the level of focus in each of your eyes as you're playing is something that is you know, truly a sight to behold. Mm. But, um, like, the term free hardcore that you have um, that you have adopted for yourselves, I mean, there's no more apt, really, a descriptor of the North Earth sound. Does a new album kind of follow on in that direction or...? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I can it kind of does. It's that that's the buzz. I mean, I I like these genre things cuz like they're all really vague, you know. I mean, hardcore, who knows what hardcore really is? Who knows what like free music really is? Like, you know, at this stage in the game, those words are for us to put together in whatever way we want. So, it was like free hardcore. That'll give us something vague enough whatever it's like there's there's this elements of those things and we're improvising yeah and we just know that it has to reach a certain level of intensity and that's what we're there for i mean not earth is is that's what that band is there for it's to try and be as intense as, as we possibly can and reference all the things that we love while we're doing it and to not have tunes you know in mind but, yeah like i mean we're playing tunes but we're not going to go back and do that again ever so it's completely free and like you know we know for sure that we won't ever play the same thing twice and that's super exciting because it's just like yeah fists first into the future that's the motto speaking of artists that are getting it done we got Laurie Shaw uh, the man with about 70 albums Mm. uh, with a single of his Jeans yeah Laurie Shaw absolutely rocks like that's just the truth and I'll fight any man who says otherwise. <laughs> He's some fiend, though. I mean, like we interviewed him there about 20 or so episodes ago now at this stage uh, as he was preparing to put out that last record of his. Mm. And he was telling me that this next three albums already and how, like, the sequel to this album... Or the sequel... Sorry. The sequel to his album prior was going to be a full album cover of the Beatles' White Album. Yeah. Like... He could do that. He could. It's yeah. just that vision when you kind of just wholeheartedly put yourself into something. Yeah, I mean, like, he's in the business of making music, so he just does it. And I have nothing but respect for that. You know, there's, it's like, there's... How often you hear Laurie Shaw talking about himself? Never. He doesn't. He just bangs out albums. And, you know, he just gets it done. That's so... It's so great, you know. And it's at, it's at a really high level, you know. It is. And he's not letting his, like, lim- any limitations stop him from doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just totally, like, it's so inspiring. He's great. We got horse then with Reject the Arches recorded live at Unspapping Phonic. Yeah, I was at this gig and it was absolutely sick. And I love horse. Every single one of them knows what to do. We'll get straight into it. So, this is Laurie Shaw with Jeans here on Red on Red. <laughs> Yeah. 
Reject the Arches here on Red on Red still joined in studio by Dan Walsh before we wrap up for this week Dan you've had a busy couple of weeks I believe you're taking it a little bit easy but there's still 
a couple of things to come from four or five different projects at this stage of the game. What's coming up for you? Um, yeah, I have that solo show in Mallow on Saturday at the Mallow Arts Festival. And um, then on Sunday, I'm going to knock in Stockton to play with the Bank, um, which I'm really looking forward to because I always look forward to playing with them. It's, it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I've then some gigs coming up uh, in August and September with Senior Infants. Kind of like going to get on some roads with Senior Infants. Yeah. And uh, do some shows. Jeez, after asking you about four or five bands, I bloody well forgot to get into Senior Infants. Yeah. They're out there, man. They are out there, man. I I suspect that there's a lack of backstory and available information for a reason. Yeah, I'm not telling you anything about Senior Infants. No way. And then there's there's more... um, yeah, there's Sphixity recordings that are just being finished now. Ooh. That will be out um, sometime soon. The ball is kind of just starting to roll on getting that um, into the world. And but is this more kind of live in the moment stuff like you've been releasing as an no, aside? It's another or? studio recording. Okay, so cool. It's uh, another full length thing. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much to Dan Walsh, Cork's magic music man, for joining us. Nice and right. Uh, this week. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes, and now Google Podcasts, as well as other on-demand audio platforms. Please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Dan, you're leaving us with one of your original muses... As we were talking about earlier, the importance of Out in a Limb Records to you and finding out that the DIY thing wasn't just a construct of other cultures. Yeah. You got some waiting room with I Took Some Painkillers. Yeah, what a band. They're just a job. Like I love waiting room. I just still love waiting room. I never got to see them live because I was too young. And uh, I'm always using that to slag Wayne now, which is fun. But they're so great. And like, not, you know... I hope yeah, they reunite just to spite you, to be honest. Huh? I hope they reunite just to spite you. That would be, that'd be class, like. Wouldn't it? I'd go, like, I'd be there. I'd be at that gig going absolutely apeshit. Make it happen, lads. This is Waiting Room, where I took some painkillers. This has been Red on Red, and we'll talk to you next week.
Red on Red.